Porn Free Radio, episode 145. Guys, a quick disclaimer at the top of the show. I am jacked up on Australian coffee, and I brewed it this morning, and I kid you not, uh, when I came downstairs uh, to where the coffee was brewing, um, there was this earthy, rich summer aroma that, that uh, just uh, hearkened all my subconscious memories of Australian culture that I've learned through music and through movies. And uh, I, I felt like I heard the didgeridoo uh, as I smelled the smell of this uh, coffee. And uh, I, you know, and then I drank it. It was a, as I drank it. Literally, the first thing I heard in my head was that sound from uh, Midnight Oil. You know, like that dan dan dan. Yeah. <laughs> you remember this? This is how I started my day drinking this coffee. This, this is what the coffee tastes like. This is the intensity of the coffee. To pay our share. Facts a fact. Yeah. Well, welcome in to Porn Free Radio. Uh, I warned you. I warned you. It's going to be one of those days. And um, guys, I am jacked up not just on the coffee, but I'm also jacked up on everyone who has contributed to Porn Free Radio this last week. Um, as you know, I'm doing a new podcast episode every Wednesday through the end of 2018. I'm committed to it, and I've asked you guys to commit to Porn Free Radio by going to recoveredman.com slash contribute. That's recoveredman.com slash contribute. Nine guys last week uh, signed up to do monthly pledges for Porn Free Radio, totaling 150 bucks. That takes us up to 43 patrons at over $500 a month. So that is awesome, guys. Thanks to everyone who gave and pledged. And um, get in on it. Uh, go to recoveredman.com slash contribute and sign up for one of our uh, reward levels, uh, the PFR Club or the Patriots Club, and get access to some free content and some uh, giveaways and things like that uh, over there at Patreon. And one cool thing that I've been doing is Coffee with the Dauber. It's a video uh, segment every Monday morning. And it's kind of like, it's not quite like a podcast. It's a little more like a one-on-one -on -one coaching session uh, where you can, when you get a chance, get in front of your computer and uh, have coffee with me. Uh, get, a, get a hot beverage of your choice, sit down, and I break down uh, some ideas about recovery and uh, talk about tools and tips. Uh, I started last week uh, by talking about your why. This, uh, this week I talked about... Um, 
uh, three roadblocks that get in the way of being porn free. And I have new content every Monday that's coming out on Patreon for Patreon subscribers. Now, those first two episodes are free to the public. So go check those out uh, over there at recoveredman.com slash contribute. Uh, and before we get started today, I have a shout out to Shannon Kaysen. Now, Shannon is a fellow podcaster. Uh, he does a great podcast called Homemade Stories. But today, uh, he is launching a brand new podcast called The Trouble with Shannon Kaysen. And it's where he interviews people who have been in trouble and sort of documents their story out of trouble. And, you know, Shannon is a really cool guy and has been a really generous uh, podcaster friend. And I, I don't have a lot of podcaster friends, partly because when I go to podcast movement, you know, I ask people about their podcasts. And then there's this point where they ask me about my podcast. And I say, I do porn free radio. It's for motivated guys who want to quit looking at porn. And then it's like crickets. They don't know how to respond. They don't know what to ask. Sometimes they say, oh, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> and then the next question is always, how did you start that? What, you know, are you a therapist? No, I just uh, like porn and I uh, had a problem and, uh, uh, you know, have my own recovery story. And then it's like even more crickets. <laughs> so anyway, Shannon Kaysen, though, um, he... Uh, was much more empathetic. Um, he actually, uh, I think, shares uh, some some empathy, partly be out of his own recovery from gambling addiction. And he tells a famous story on Homemade Stories about um, how he once uh, uh, stole $50,000 from the bank branch that he worked at in a grocery store uh, and went to the casino and gambled it away one afternoon. And... Um, Talk about getting in trouble. Uh, that is quite a story, hearing about his journey uh, through that process of, of you just lost $50,000 at a casino of your work's money. Uh, so anyway, I want you to go to iTunes or Google Play or wherever you get podcasts and subscribe to The Trouble with Shannon Kaysen. Actually, when you hit a subscribe button, uh, that's kind of a signal to the uh, to the software that this is a relevant podcast that um, people are interested in, and it will pop up his visibility. Um, so it's something that you can do. So do it right now. Um, uh, don't listen right now. Just go and subscribe right now. Do do a quick search if you're listening to this on your phone or whatever. Do a quick search for the trouble with Shannon Case and subscribe, and then go back and listen to it later. The first episode drops today. I want to bring up a discussion that came up re recently in some of the rev groups I run. And one of the things in the rev groups that we've been thinking about lately and considering is what are ways that we can help one another? Um, what are tools that as a group we can embrace? Or uh, what if we started thinking about recovery from a team point of view? I've been really influenced by uh, a book called Scrum, which is a business book primarily used in the software industry um, and applying it to uh, recovery groups and basically thinking of our recovery group as more as a team as opposed to a group of individuals. You know, a lot of typical recovery groups, you know, all the individuals come together with their own recovery plans and they sort of report to one another 
and then they go back to their individual lives. And so one of the things that we've been talking about is, you know, how can we apply team concepts uh, to what we're doing in Rev? And in this discussion, you know, there's been some resistance because I, I think, I, and I understand this, you know, um, because I've definitely felt this resistance at times. It's this idea of, you know, at the end of the day, it really comes down to me. Like, yeah, this team stuff sounds good. This idea of building into a group sounds good and being a part of a group sounds good. But at the end of the day, it really comes down to me executing my plan. And either I follow through or I fail. It's not really about anybody else. Uh, one guy said it another way. He said something like, it's really all on me. You know, if I don't call people or if I don't reach out or connect, it's kind of all on me. You know, I need to just do it. And, I, you know, I think for me, I'm, I'm excited at this idea of, well, what are ways that we can do things differently? You know, part of recovery is doing, not doing things the same way that we've always been doing things including the way we do recovery groups. You know, if recovery groups don't work uh, when everyone's an individual and everyone is self-reliant, how can we make it more of a team concept? How can we grow together? And so I get where these questions come from, though. I mean, if you've listened to the podcast, you know, we've done all these episodes. I've done tons of episodes about taking responsibility. You know, I talk about creating your own plan. I've talked about self-care, um, you know, advocating for yourself, um, you know, learning more about, you know, what, um, what you're vulnerable to, what are the threats in your life? You know, it's, it's very you focused, you sort of diagnosing um, what you need to do. And at the same time, I, you know, I've done plenty of talks or plenty of uh, podcasts about you know, creating groups and coming clean and the need for confession and the need for um, being able to be honest and the role of, of finding your tribe in recovery. And sometimes I think these things conflict. It seems conflicting. You know, it's like, am I talking about taking res personal responsibility and empowering yourself or am I talking or is it is it a group thing? You know what? It, what? Where? Where do I stand? And so I think I th I thought I would go through a couple of these statements that I think are getting in the way of uh, really getting to emotional health in recovery. And so here's a couple of the uh, statements that I think are they're not always um, things that we overtly say. But I think it's things that we really think, you know, it's like, it's kind of like mistaken beliefs. It's kind of, it feels true to us. And so here, let me just go through a couple of these things that I think are mistaken beliefs. And, and then I want to, I want to talk about, um, you know, what, what really the truth is about emotional health and recovery. So Here's the first one. The goal of recovery work is self-reliance or independence. I think that if you listen to this podcast and you didn't listen closely, 
you would think that my goal for you is to get a plan in place, to get it working, to automate it basically, and then to just sort of set it and forget it. Like, um, basically like the ultimate goal is for you to be autonomous, to not have to listen to the podcast, to not have to go to a group, um, to not even really have to think about this issue in your life. Um, and I think that, again, that comes from that sort of empowering part, that part where I'm calling you to take responsibility. Um, I think the idea is, well, you're going to take responsibility, and at some point the problem's going to fix itself. So, you know, so I think that's a mistaken belief. I think another one is, this idea that somehow figuring something out on your own is better than getting help um, or better than asking for help. And I, I think we don't, we say that we are able to ask for help and we, we identify that we're not able to fix ourselves, but yet there's this underlying belief that somehow if we could figure this out on our own, that would be better um, you know, maybe more mature, or it would show more strength, it would be stronger if we could get help by ourselves. And I think that comes from, I think those are messages we get as men in our culture, but I think it also uh, taps into some pride, this idea that we should be able to figure it out on our own. I know for me, I mean, that's how I am whenever I drive anywhere. It's like, I don't want to ask for directions, I want to just figure it out. And I think recovery uh, fits the same way. Here's another one. Connection is needy. If I make a phone call or need to reach out, I'm needing something. I'm asking for someone to take my call. And it's basically I'm needy. Uh, and I, I think in our culture, we want to create a sense of, of being autonomous or independent. Um, that no one is indebted, no one needs anybody, um, and that that somehow is a better value. It's a better value to not be someone who's overly needy. Here's another one. Uh, I said this earlier. At the end of the day, this comes down to me executing my plan. It really is, you know, the buck stops with me. It's about me. Here's one. I heard this recently. God helps them who help themselves. It's this idea that, um, you know, God is out there ready to help, but he wants to see you kind of succeed a little bit or move forward before he's going to lend a hand. So it's kind of up to you to get started and do this, and then God will show up. Okay? Um. I said this one, it's really all on me. It's all on me. It's all on me to call, connect, you know, ask for help. It's, it's really all comes down to me. Here's another one. I should be able to stop thinking about this. Like, you know what? I should just be able to control my mind and not think about this, not obsess about it. And I think there's also this mistaken belief too. I should be able to fix this. I just haven't figured out the right tool or the right thing, but I should be able to fix this. So all these mistaken beliefs come from a sense of wanting to be self-reliant. 
wanting to not ask for help. Um, and um, I think deep down this comes from pride. We have pride. And what we're, the pride is, is, is wrapped up in our identity. We don't want to look weak. Um, we don't want to admit we can't solve our problems. And we don't want to look bad. You know, and, and that can be just, uh, that can be sort of external pride that we want to, or it could be more internalized shame that deep down we feel not good enough. Well, you know, we, and we struggle with the feeling if they really knew us, if they really knew how needy we were, how sensitive we were, how much help we needed, how much connection we needed, they would reject us. So I read a great quote from a blogger. Her name is Kristen Vonhoff Middleton. And she wrote this simple article about self-reliance. And she said, for me, emotional health, which is what we're going for in recovery, for me, emotional health is about cultivating a balance among self-reliance, relying on God or your higher power, and relying on other people. Self-reliance by itself can lead to isolation, denial, and avoidance. Let me just say it. Let me read it again. For me, emotional health is about cultivating a balance among self-reliance, relying on God or your higher power, and relying on other people. Self-reliance by itself can lead to isolation, denial, and avoidance. Now, I love this definition from uh, Kristen Middleton. This is a great definition. The goal of recovery work is not self-reliance. It's emotional health. It's being in balance, cultivating balance. And it's balance among what? Among self-reliance, so that's that sense of, 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 um, of taking responsibility, of being, uh, you know, being active in recovery, and relying on God, relying on our higher power uh, to help us, and relying on the help of other people. That's balance. We're not the marble man, you know. We're not this sort of uh, uh, stoic cowboy who nothing affects him. We are integrated and balanced as people. We're in relationship. We're spiritual. And we can advocate for ourselves and take responsibility. We don't have to be passive. Now, she has this great quote. She says, self-reliance by itself can lead to isolation, denial, and avoidance. And I love this idea that this is what happens when we focus only on self-reliance. We end up um, starting, we end up sort of um, believing some of these mistaken beliefs. We start to have this concept that to be strong or healthy um, is to be self-reliant. That it's the it's the lack of needing other people that defines us as healthy. 
And when we need people, um, that's a sign of weakness. That's, that's what we kind of, that's what we start to believe when we believe that self-reliance is the goal here. When we think the goal of recovery work is self-reliance, um, we start thinking that to be strong and healthy is to not need help, to not need people. And as we follow that, as we become more self-reliant or, or put more emphasis on that, you know, we feel deep down that we should have the power alone to solve our problems. Now, the problem with this, and we, we all know this, everyone who listens to this podcast knows that we fail a lot. And this can lead to a lot of frustration because if you deep down believe the mistaken belief that you have the power alone to solve this problem, then every time you slip back into old patterns, habits, feelings, impulses, behaviors, or addictions, you start to feel helpless because you can't figure it out. You're not figuring it out. You're not stopping to think about it. You're not able to call. You're not able to fix it on your own. And that can lead to a sense of uh, isolation and eventually it can lead to a sense of of self-hatred and a self a, a shame that if you really buy into this idea that you should be able to solve all your own problems when you start to have these problems emerge that you can't figure out it starts to uh, erode your sense of self and it starts to lead to self-loathing and shame which, as we know, just perpetuates things. And when we get into self-reliant behaviors and withdraw from people and start to isolate because we don't want to look bad or be rejected, we don't want to ask for help because that would break the myth that we can solve our own problems, what we end up with is we end up being in denial. We can't see clearly what's happening to us. We are unreliable narrators and unreliable participants in our life and our choices. I mean, how many times have you followed uh, the rabbit hole, down, down the rabbit hole, doing some crazy acting out, and when you get done, you're like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. And it's really hard to break out of that denial that we get into. We're rationalized behavior. Um, we start to believe mistaken beliefs. We don't get input from healthy people, you know, from sponsors and therapists and, and friends and people in recovery. We don't get any of that feedback, and so we don't get better. We, st we struggle with the same mistaken beliefs over and over and over. You know, and when we start to get into this, uh, this situation where we're struggling, where we're, we're failing, we're going into a shame cycle, um, what, what we end up doing is avoiding the things we need to really recover. We're, we avoid the places where we can actually get help. 
and I've seen this. I've seen this in groups that I've run over and over, over through the years, not just to the rev groups that I run now. I see people all the time uh, leaving early or leaving before they really have grown in connection and, and found this balance. Um, you know, they, they leave early and it's really hard because it's hard to tell someone, Hey, I don't think you have balance here. I don't think you've really cultivated, uh, connection with other people. I don't think you're relying on other people. I think you're still relying on yourself. You know, and some of these people, you know, rely on God. I think there's a piece where they're, you know, they're open to God and they're open to, uh, you know, spiritual spirituality and their recovery, but there's this real avoidance that is in them, you know, that deep down they want to do it on their own. And that goes back to the pride, you know, it goes back to pride. So the goal of recovery work is emotional health. And that's balance among self-reliance God and relying on other people. That's what it really looks like. You know, this really is a relational addiction. Deep down, the things we look to for porn, even more than other substances, you know, are we want to feel good enough. We want to feel affirmed. We want to feel loved. We want to feel sexually satisfied. We want to feel these very, very relational things from our addiction. Now, I know people talk about other substances as relationships and things like that, but I think there's an extra component of relational addiction that's at work in pornography and at work in porn behaviors. And so if we're trying to recover in the absence of relationship, healing is not going to come. Healing is not going to come, you know, through you just being self-reliant. You can't heal from a relational addiction by yourself. I don't think it works. You know, and I, I you know, I've seen guys who talk about that, you know, they have tools, they kind of know some of the stuff to do, but they're really invested in self-reliance. And they, they even think that there's some, you know, moral higher ground by being self-reliant. Like deep down, that's what you really need to do to recover is, you know, you need to not be able to need anybody. That's the sign of strength. But in my estimation, that doesn't work. And in my experience, that doesn't work. The, the best people I've seen in recovery, the people that I respect the most, are very reliant on others in their life. They're very much in balance. You know, I, I've told the story about how I went on a, I was, on a uh, was doing a training where I was one of the leaders leading a small group for a, a group I used to run. And every day we would meet at the beginning of the day for a confession and prayer time. And so some of these like leaders that I respected would come in and they would just be really raw and honest about everything that was coming up for them, whether they were 
struggling with their thought life or struggling with with pride or whatever they would just or fatigue they would just be really honest and raw and would invite others into what was going on for them they basically for you know they were forsaking any but I'm talking really religious today. They were basically putting down any sense of self-reliance. They were completely relying on the help of the group. And that's how they would start every day. They would start every day by confessing and getting all this stuff out and giving, you know, kind of allowing the group to walk with them. You know, and then when they led that day, you know, I'd see them up teaching and doing these powerful things. I'd go, wow, that started from not a place of self-reliance. Their, their power is not coming from self-reliance. It's coming from God and from others. It's coming from being, uh, cultivating that balance. And I, I respected those guys so much more seeing that balance. And that's what I've tried to model. I mean, I try to model balance. I don't get it perfect all the time. I want to be left on my own. I want to figure it out. I don't like making phone calls to accountability partners and, and people in my life. But when I press through, I feel a ton better. When I reach out, when I connect, when I go to 12-step group, when I meet with my accountability partner, I feel so much more seen, loved, heard, listened to. Um, you know, I feel understood. I feel, I get empathy. I feel encouraged. I get all these benefits from in integrating, relying on people into my recovery that I couldn't get on my own. You know, I could not get affirmation just by being in, doing a morning routine. Sure. I can say affirmations to myself, but it's totally different when it comes from someone else. You know, it's hard for me to encourage myself. It's hard for me to see clearly the mistaken beliefs that I have. That's why I need others' help. Well, I'm going to link uh, Kristen Middleton's blog post called Why Self-Reliance is Not the Solution for Emotional Health. You can get the link to that at the show notes, recoveredman.com slash 145. That's recoveredman.com dot com slash 145. As always, guys, take hope, take action. And remember, the goal of recovery work is not self-reliance. It's emotional health. Take care.